And to Jesus be the glory and the honor and the praise. And God's wonderful people said, Amen, Amen. Thank you for joining me today. And thank you for being my wonderful family and partners in ministry. We are doing it together for the Lord we love, getting the gospel around the world. And my aim is to strengthen you daily. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing, to strengthen you, establish you in the scriptures, in the faith, how we need it, all of us, including me, to be established, unmovable, unshakable in the word of the Lord Jesus. And today, I'm dealing with a very important truth. Is Jesus God? The deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why am I dealing with this? Because people are questioning it. It's time for me to say something about it. Because the Bible clearly states he is God Almighty. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The same, the Lord Jesus, the same God. He is God Almighty. He is the one who created the world. He is the one who talked to Abraham. He's the one who led him and blessed him. He's the one who called Moses and brought Israel out of Egypt and divided the Red Sea and led them through the wilderness and given them the promised land. The same God, Jesus, is God Almighty. Now, let's go to Romans chapter 9, where we begin to show you. Now, I began yesterday... And I'm going to continue today. So Romans 9, verse 5. And Lord, I thank you for your word. Bless your people, I pray mightily today. In Jesus' name. And meet every need in their life, I pray. Amen. Look what it says in verse 5. Whose are the fathers, and of whom as concerning the flesh, Christ came, who is over all, God, blessed forever amen hallelujah and then when you go to hebrews chapter 1 and verse 8 the bible says and unto the son he saith thy throne o god is forever and ever a scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom here god the father is calling Jesus God. He says, he says to the Son, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. It's amazing to me that God calls him God, and yet preachers, some of them, are questioning if he's God. I don't get that. Don't they see it in the Bible? Don't they see that the Bible says so clearly? You know, there was a program on, is he God or the Son of God? I'm thinking, what Bible are these people reading? Don't they see from the word? He is God Almighty. And all it means by the Son of God is that he came in the flesh. That's all it means. That's all it means. Yet the one who came in the flesh is God Almighty. The fullness of the Godhead bodily dwells in Jesus. He is God Almighty. And I showed you yesterday what makes God, God. Number one, omnipotence. For God to be God, he must be almighty. Number two, omnipresence. 
for God to be God, he must be everywhere at the same time. Omniscience, for God to be God, he must know all things. That's what makes God, God. And number four, eternity, eternal. That's what makes God, God, that he is eternal. Had no beginning, no end. He is the I am, eternal. And number five, unchangeable. So the devil cannot be God because he's not all powerful. He's not omnipresent. He is not omnit. He doesn't know everything. He has no omniscience. He's not eternal either because he started. And then anyone with the beginning must have an end. And Jesus did not start. He is the start. <laughs> he is the beginning. He is the end. He is the alpha. He is the omega. The devil isn't. And he is also not only just eternal, he's also unchangeable. Jesus is unchangeable, and the devil changes. So think about that. For God to be God, he must be almighty, must be omnipresent, he must be omniscient, all-knowing, he must be eternal and unchangeable. Now, we dealt with each one of them beginning yesterday. Let's go back and look at them one more time. Ephesians 1, 20 and 23 says that Jesus is almighty, almighty. Now, I know we saw it yesterday. It's good to see it again. So Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 20 says, these beautiful words, that he has received power, he has received power far above all principality, power, might, dominion, every name that is named, not only in this world, but that in that which is to come. So we saw that. And then I also showed you Hebrews 1, 3. Now, we talked about omnipresence also yesterday because it shows that he is all places at all times. It says, Matthew 18, 20, where, where two or three are gathered, there am I. In Matthew 28, 20, I'm with you always. In John 14, 20, which we'll like, I'd like to look at with you again because some of you may have missed that yesterday. But you know, it's good to see it again because it's so precious as God's word, you know. At that day you shall know, I'm in my Father, you in me, I in you, omnipresent. And then Ephesians 1.23, he fills all in all. And John 8.58, which I showed you yesterday, before Abraham was, I am. So all this and many, I mean, I'm just giving you some scriptures here. I'm not giving you everything because there's so much I can go on for weeks talking about this. But let's look at omniscience. So John, the Gospel of John, chapter 2. Did, did Jesus, is he all-knowing? Well, let's see it. John 2 and 24 and 25. And Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men and needed not that any should testify of men for he knew what was in man. He knows everything. Or John 16, 30. I know I may be going a little fast for some of you, but the good thing about social media is you can go back and see it again. Okay, John 16, verse 30. I love this. Now are we sure that thou knowest all things, and it is not that any man should ask thee. By this we believe that thou camest forth from God. So this is all scripture. We are sure you know all things. And then Colossians 2, 3, Colossians chapter 2 and verse 3 says these words, In whom 
are hid are the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In Jesus are the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. There's many more scriptures, but these are enough that you might just believe, and then you have an answer for those who question, is Jesus divine? Is he God Almighty? Now, you know, at one time, if you said, well, deity and divinity are the same, uh, it, it, was, it was acceptable. Today, it really isn't, because many people say, yeah, well, he's divine, but he's not God. Well, then they're, they're rejecting his deity. They're accepting his divinity, but not his deity. But Jesus is divine and God. See? So some say, yeah, well, you know, uh, Jesus, uh, and, and this is really a shock to me, uh, they believe in the atonement, but they don't believe he is the atonement. Some even believe that it wasn't he that hung on the cross, it was somebody else. So, like, it's really confusing out there. But we know from the word of God, and what the word of God says, we accept it. We believe it. It settles it. It's over. So it's not anything that we experience. It's what the Bible says. All we have is the scriptures. I loved what Billy Graham said uh, on one of the interviews years ago with Paul Harvey. He said, I took my Bible, I put it on a stump of a tree that had been cut down, and I said, Lord, he said to the Lord, he said, Lord, I don't understand some things in the Bible, yet I accept it by faith. It settled it. There's a lot of things in the Bible we don't understand. We're going to find out in heaven why certain things were said and done. We accept it by faith. Example, the Trinity. You're never going to understand the Trinity. Our finite mind will never understand an infinite eternal God, but we accept it by faith. Simple. That's all it is. So we, we know what the Bible says, and we believe it from the first word of Genesis to the last word of Revelation. I believe everything the Bible teaches. Everything the Bible teaches. From Genesis 1-1 to the last verse of Revelation. Why? I accept it by faith. Simple. I, I, I don't have to understand everything in the Bible. Because one day we will know all things. We will know as we are known. All right. Now, let's talk about something else that I think is very, very important. All right. Now, let's look at eternal. Now, Micah, Micah chapter 5. Micah chapter 5. And remember what, what I gave you earlier, these four very powerful truths about what makes God God. Here is the fourth one, and that is Micah 5, 2. And this is the fact that he is eternal. And then, oh, sorry, and then we're going to look at the unchangeable God. All right. So, it says, But thou, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, Though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been of old from everlasting. So the same baby born in Bethlehem, Micah 5.2, is the one who is from everlasting. He's eternal. Hallelujah. Okay, look at Isaiah chapter 9. This is a very powerful one. I'm hoping you're writing these scriptures down to prove to people who question this that Jesus is God Almighty. Watch this. 
For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. So here he is in the flesh. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Yay! Mighty God. This baby is Mighty God. Jesus, born in Bethlehem, was Mighty God. Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Isaiah, the prophet, called Jesus, mighty God, everlasting Father. You know, for a Jew in those days and today, it's forbidden to say that God is a man. Yet Isaiah wrote it in the Bible. Unto us a child is born, born in in Bethlehem as a baby. Unto us a son is given. The government will be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. How can they even question if Jesus is God by just reading Isaiah 9, 5? Sorry, Isaiah 9, 6 and Micah 5, 2. It's all there. The Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Wow, it's all there. And here we see he is eternal. I love Hebrews 13, verse 8. You all know it. But it's good to see it again. Yes, he is the same Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, forever. So here we see it. And now finally, unchangeable. He never changes. Immutability. Unchangeable. Hebrews chapter 1. Let's look at it. Now there's many, many, many scriptures that show us these amazing truth about the Lord. But let's look at this one too, Hebrews 1.10, and thou, O Lord, in the beginning has laid the foundation of the earth. He's simply repeating from the Psalms, the heavens are the work of your hands. They shall perish, but thou remainest. They shall wax old as doth a garment, as a vesture shall thou fold them up. They shall be changed, but thou art the same, thy years shall not fail. Wow. You'll never change. Thou art the same. Thy years shall not fail. And finally, Colossians 2.9, and then we're going to deal with something really, really powerful before I say bye to you. And there's his seven offices that prove he is God Almighty. But look at Colossians 2, verse 9. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now, Jesus is God not only because he fulfills the the fact that he is number one omnipotent, he is omnipresent, he is omniscient, he is eternal, unchangeable, but also we're going to look at the seven divine offices that he has. For God to be God, he must be creator, preserver, he must forgive sins, he must raise the dead. He must transform bodies. He must be a judge, the judge, and the bestower, the giver of life eternal. And Jesus fits every one of this. Because the Bible tells us he is creator. In John 1, 3, by him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that is made. And the Bible tells us in Hebrews 1, Hebrews 1, verse 10. I may go over time a little bit with you today. 
because I want to cover all seven. Hebrews 1.10, And thou, Lord, in the beginning has laid the foundation of the earth. The heavens are the works of your hands. So here we see clearly that Jesus is creator. He created the world. By him all things were made. John 1.3. And now the Lord, it says, in the, in the beginning you laid the foundation of the earth. Let's look at Hebrews 1.3. Hebrews 1.3. He also, by him all things are preserved. So Hebrews 1.3, who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. It says he upholds all things by the word of his power. He is the one preserving the world as we know it, even our own bodies. So he is God Almighty, not only in creation, but also preservation. Here it is. Look at number three. Number three, for God to be God, he must forgive sins. And in Mark chapter two, in Mark chapter two, and we're going to look at verse five. Oh, I love this. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there, reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man thus speak blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God Almighty? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said to them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether it is easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise, take up your bed and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the sick, get up and walk. So he forgave sins. That makes him God. Now, the raising of the dead. For God to be God, he must raise the dead. Well, you all know what happened in John chapter 6, but let's look at it one more time. John 6, 39. I love this. Blessed be your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Okay. So we read in verse 39 of John chapter 6, these wonderful words. And this is the Father's will which he hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believes on him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last day. Wow. Now it says, I'm going to read through verse 44. The Jews then murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is then that, that he says, I came down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said to them, Murmur not among yourselves. No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me drawn, and I will raise him up at the last day. And we know that he raised the dead. When he walked the earth, he raised Lazarus from the dead. So he is God Almighty because his offices are creation, preservation, forgiveness of, of, of sins, and he has to raise the dead, and he did. And number five, transforming bodies. For God to be God, he has to have the power to transform the bodies of the saints. And here it is in Philippians chapter 3, and verse 20 that says what? For our conversation 
for citizenship is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will change our vile body, it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. So transforming bodies, absolutely, and now judgment, that he is the judge. For God to be God, he must be the judge. And look at Second Timothy. Second Timothy, I hope and pray you're really enjoying this because I am enjoying this. Okay, Second Timothy, one more time. Chapter 4, we're going to look at verse 1, and the Bible says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead and is appearing in its kingdom. So the Lord is the judge. And in John 5, 22, he also clearly states that he will judge, that God has put all judgment into his hands. And verse 22 of John 5, John 5, 22. Sometimes I have to be careful when I touch those. Okay, wonderful. There it is. For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. Hallelujah. That all men should honor the Son even as they honor the Father. He that honors not the Son honors not the Father which hath sent him. And finally, the bestower of life eternal. And that is John 10, 27. I'm using an iPad, as you know, because my eyes are not what they used to be. And sometimes this, uh, this iPad, I have <laughs> to touch it more than once for, for me to get to the scripture I want to get to. All right, look at verse 27. I love this. I'm going to read through 28. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they shall follow me, and I give unto them eternal life. They shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hands. For, for the Lord to be God, he must be the bestower, the giver of life eternal. And there he says, I give unto them eternal life. And then finally, John 17 verse 1 and verse 2. How beautiful. I love this one. These words speak Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son that thy son also may glorify thee as thou hast given him power over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. So here we see clearly he's the giver of life eternal. I've shared with you yesterday and today some powerful truth about Jesus is God. Why? Because he's omnipotent, he's omnipresent, he's omniscient, he's eternal and unchangeable. That's what makes God God, see? And now also his offices, he's creator, preserver, forgiver of sins, he raises the dead, he transforms bodies, he's the judge of all men, and he's the bestower, the giver of life eternal. It's all in the word. Now there's a lot more that you can study on your own, 
But I think I gave you enough to prove my point in these two programs. He is God Almighty. Now tomorrow, tomorrow, I'm going to begin a teaching on Jesus in the Old Testament. Don't miss it. This begins tomorrow. Jesus in the Old Testament. I'm going to teach on that tomorrow and Thursday. Friday we have a healing service. But I really believe this week is so foundational and so important for our faith. So yesterday, today, is Jesus God? I just showed you who he is. Tomorrow and Thursday, Jesus in the Old Testament. You're going to love it. You're going to just love it. Now, next Monday, beginning next Monday, we're going to come to you at 8 in the morning, Eastern Time. Now, we've been coming to you every day at 1 p.m. here on the East Coast. I'm in Florida. But beginning next weekend, sorry, beginning next Monday, next week, and from there on, we're going to come at 8 a.m., 8 a.m. Make sure you tell all your friends. I'm giving you a whole week and so to just get the word out for me that we start 8 a.m. in the morning next Monday, all right? Because I think these are better times, to be honest with you, that a lot of you that watch me in Europe, in Africa, in India, in that part of the world, it'll be much earlier for you. And then we're going to rerun it at 9 p.m. every day. So 8 a.m., 9 p.m. on the East Coast. So that those of you can see me in many parts of the world and here in the U.S. at 8 a.m. And then those, of course, on other parts of the world, like Australia, 9 p.m. will be morning for them. So it'll be marvelous. I think it'll be great. Lord, thank you. Bless your people, I pray. Establish them in your glorious word. Amen. It's time now to give to the Lord's work. Remember, giving is vital in these days. If we don't give, we will not survive the future financially. Only the giver, only the giver will be protected financially tomorrow. Because the economies of the world that have already been shaken quite bad will be shaken way more in the future. Look what happened with just what in the last few years. And look what's going on today. We're so close to a nuclear war, they say. But it's not time yet because the Bible says it's not time. All I can tell you is God holds tomorrow. And all is well with you believers. All is well with God's people. And as we give to the Lord's work financially, we protect and secure our future and our children's future and our children's children's future as we give to the Lord's work because then we secure tomorrow. And the Bible is clear. Giving is not an advice. It's a command from God. And it's also honoring the Lord. It's showing him our honor and our love and we'll be protected because it says I've not seen the righteous forsaken or the seed begging for bread. That's the giver. And Jesus was very clear if we sow, we reap. And there's so much in the Bible about this, and I think you all know that. So I encourage you to give your seed to the Lord again today so he can bless you, prosper you, increase you, protect you. Now, I want you to say, my future is blessed. Just say that. Say, my future is blessed. My future is full of abundance. Say it, please. My future is full of abundance. I am the head and not the tail. Say that. I am the head and not the tail. 
I am above and not beneath, and whatsoever I do will prosper. Please say that, whatsoever I do will prosper, because that's God's promises to us. Lord, bless them, increase them on every side, bless the work of their hands, Lord. I give you the praise that as they sow that precious seed in your work, you'll bless them with abundance. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you can give right now to the Lord's work right there on the platform you're watching me on. You can go to our website, benin.org. And by the way, you can watch these dailies on our website too, okay? Many, many of you, I think, do already, but please get the word out for us. Or you can text BHM45777. And tomorrow, you're going to love it as I begin teaching on Jesus in the Old Testament. Tell your friends. I'll see you tomorrow. Much love. Bye-bye.